well, actually, I know that when I get to camp, I'm probably going to want a chair. Like, so you do make some sacrifices so that you can bring some of those things that are going to make a bigger difference to your uh, comfort level. If you're going to go as lightweight as possible, you can probably lean a little bit more towards the bike packing bags, right? They're smaller, they're easier, lighter. You're trying to go ultra light. You don't got that much stuff, so you get the light bags. Da, da, da. But if you want to take everything, right? If you want to take everything, obviously you could do a bob trailer and that kind of stuff. If we're talking racks and bags, then you could do front and rear racks with big old panniers, right? That make like uh, Dallas has nice little bike packing panniers. They're real small and like you know for trail riding, and then they make these huge panniers for people that commute every day to work, right? Or, or 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 tour the coast or whatever they're going to do, and that you could just pack everything in them, right? Pack it up. I wonder how much firewood you could fit in those panniers, Al. (laughs) (laughs) Not nearly as much as I can in the trailer. Pedal up that hill. It'll be worth the thrill. If you got the power of will to bike today's bike camp and chill podcast i got michael Roderick and al house how you doing guys that's my podcast voice so doing good um, and the voice works so we're on the next episode of our starter pack we're going to talk about bags and racks today on the last one we talked about and that was a two-parter we had a lot to talk about just the bike that you're going to choose and the setup the frame all of that stuff whether it's front suspension full suspension or a rigid bike and the mounting locations that are on that bike, all of that's going to dictate what options you're going to go with, with how you can carry your gear. And a lot of times you're going to be using um, racks to support items or bags if you don't go with racks or a bit of both. So you can kind of mix things up, but some of that's going to be dependent on the bike that you're using, but also just your style and what you like and the kind of things that you're trying to bring. So I guess I can start with just a quick summary of my current setup. Again, I'm using that steel salsa Fargo. It's fully rigid. The front fork is carbon. It has a lot of mounting hole locations on it. So I've used that to carry uh, bottle cages for my water bottles. Um, You could put other things there like bags. Um, I'm using the new uh, jack, the bike rack. And that's kind of nice because it can just sit on my bars. It doesn't need to attach to anything. It can kind of just hang. They design it in a way where it has some straps and things that support it. And so it's an easy on off um, kind of setup for just being able to carry something up front. Um, But I think the downside with something like that, obviously, if it's not as structurally attached to your bike, that you're not going to put as much weight on it. I think it caps at like, you know, 10 pounds or something like that. You're not really going to be trying to do anything crazy with it, but um, it can be handy in certain situations. I think also if you're doing like a drop bar bike, you don't have as much width capacity. So having something that fits in between those drop bars um, is also something that people will think about. Um, I'm using custom handmade here in the U.S. uh, Rogue Panda bags so what's nice about rogue panda 
And there's a lot of other uh, brands out there. I know Rockgeist is one of them, but there's these companies out there that will make bags that can custom fit your exact bike so that you're taking up as much space in that frame as possible. And so either they already know the dimensions because it's a common bike frame or you send them pictures and measurements. And then you can also pick the pattern and get it to match your bike. That's kind of what I did. Um, So I have that from them. I have the, what are we calling that? The bag up front, like the tank. Is that kind of what we call that one? Gas tank. Yeah, so I, I use that one for a lot of my electronics because I'm running a Dynamo hub. So I have all that connected inside there. And that's also a Rogue Panda bag. And all of this is technically waterproof. It's using like that X-Pack material. But as we know, it's only so waterproof. If you're out in constant rain, the zippers and everything aren't necessarily going to be fully waterproof. Um, And they're mostly not seam sealed. Yeah. So usually I think in my frame bag, I I want it to be as water resistant as possible. But I'm not necessarily putting things in there that can't get wet. It's just nice when things aren't getting wet. Um, So I'll put stuff in plastic bags and things like that, Ziploc, if I need that extra protection. Um, And then I'm running a Tumbleweed mini paneer rack on the back uh, with the porcelain rocket, which is now Rockgeist, microwave paneers. And so this whole setup has been pretty nice. I'm liking it. Kind of fits everything in its place. And I can even put like my sleeping bag on the top of that rack, have the two side paneers and even fit a um, saddlebag in there as well if it's kind of small. So that's kind of what I'm using at the moment. This has happened over the course of many years and figuring out based on the things that I'm trying to bring. You know, if I'm trying to bring a certain sleeping bag, certain sleeping setup and all that stuff, I'm kind of tailoring the way I'm putting all that on my bike in a way that's comfortable for me. So how about you, Mike? Where have you kind of landed on that? What's your usual go-to setup? Well, I'm currently on my Karate Monkey. Um, rigid frame fork. Uh, I like bike packing bags. I started in racks and panniers, quickly went to bike packing bags. Um, I use on my current setup a full kit, custom kit from uh, Concour Bike Packing out of Thailand. Um, basically, they operate through Facebook. But they will make uh, they make a handful of bags that are universal. My front handlebar roll is a harness that hooks to the fork and the front of the steer tube, and then it has a double sided roll top or double sided roll end uh, waterproof bag that is like my front roll. Now I have two of those bags in two different sizes, so I kind of have like my winter bag, which I can fit more clothes and stuff in, and I have a smaller one I use in the summertime, just because I got to take less stuff. Um, on the front of the handlebar roll, I'll use a, um, a front bag that's kind of a little roll top, like accessory bag, common go-to things. Um, I run two feed bags, or multiple names for them, but two cylinder tube bags behind my handlebar. A lot of people put water bottles in. I usually run one water bottle in it and use my other one for snacks and stuff like that. Um, I uh, have a custom full frame bag. So the full triangle of my bike is a roll-top frame bag. I usually will run all of my food and cooking equipment in that um, and still have a little extra space to toss in, like, extra layers, stuff like that. 
Uh, I run a towel bag that fits my sleeping bag and typically some clothes. Um, like Dallas said, it's not waterproof. It's all water resistant. Uh, my whole bag get up is made out of uh, VX21 black ripstop uh, material. And it's all roll top. So I don't have any zippers um, except for my top tube bag where I put my phone. Um, that one has a zipper. Everything else is roll top. Um, if it's raining or weather, the thing I worry the most about would be my down sleeping quilt, um, which I run in my tail bag. So I have a plastic, uh, a big kind of plastic insert bag, which I'll put in there, stuff my clothes and my sleeping bag in, and then roll up, tie it all shut, and then roll my bag shut. Uh, it works pretty good. Um, we did a pretty big rain ride camping trip last um, year, and um, Sleep bag was dry, clothes were dry, everything also sewed. I like the bags because they really make it so you could ride the bike more normal. Typically, when we're going bike camping, uh, we're doing like some hike of bikes and crossing creeks and, you know, going off in the woods, off the trail to get campsites and that kind of stuff. And it's just easier to deal with the bike with everything contained in the bags. I can literally take the bike and throw it over a fence and it's not going to react like rats and panniers and stuff. Uh, the one drawback to the bags for me is um, it's good while you're pedaling. They suck while you're packing and unpacking. Everything's like a Tetris kit inside of it. Just got to fit perfect to make it fit. And um, sometimes that can kind of suck. So, yeah, that's my setup. Full bags, uh, Concour bike packing bags. Yeah, and that reminded me, too. I also use two of the uh, feed bags up front which is definitely helpful to hold extra water or even sometimes i won't put water in it sometimes other things fit like perfectly yeah. in there other little camping gear you can fit a lot of snacks in there like my bike packing bike i have the two feed bags and the frame bag on there all the time like those just stay on the bike all the time my spare water so i usually put one water bottle in one feed bag the other feed bag is like snacks and and, and treats and stuff and then um, my other water bottle, I usually run on the bottom of my down tube. Sometimes I've actually put it in my frame bag, um, depending on what I'm doing. But um, one cool thing, and I know that Al does this, I think everyone does this, but the little feed bags on your handlebars, they always have like little net pockets on the outside. So throughout my day of riding, if I, if I take out a snack and eat it, I just put the garbage into that net pocket. I keep shoving it in there, shoving it in there, shoving it in there. And then by the end of the trip, I have like all my garbage in one spot and it's all self-contained. On the other side, I've taken my sunglasses and stuck them into one of the, the little sewn on loops and then into the net pocket and it holds them really nice and I don't have to worry about losing them or something. Yeah, I, I definitely use them for trash and stuff like you're saying. And or even just quickly, like you might have grabbed a bar at the store, or energy bar or something like you can definitely use those easy access pockets. And yeah, if you're just doing day stuff like those come in so handy, just having having any of these bags, I think like that are easily accessible, like the frame bag and stuff. Like I find myself using that so much. I could just be going across town and I can just open the zipper, throw some stuff in there and then head out. So it is nice having, um, and I think people that like commute on bikes, you know, some people are probably used to just throwing out a backpack if they're going to work or something. But once you have stuff like this on your bike setup, I think you just, you know, start really using it. In all I really can't ways. imagine not riding without a frame bag in the bike. I mean, I guess on a mountain bike or a stunt bike, right? BMX bike or something you're like, you know, riding differently, but day riding, commuting, riding to work, whatever the deal is, bike packing, 
uh, I can't imagine not having a frame bag, be it a full frame bag or like the bike in the back here, just a half frame bag. So I can, so you can still utilize water bottle mounts. Yeah. So Al, what's your, uh, at this point, what's your favorite go-to bag and rack setup? What are you kind of using on your Surly Karate Monkey? And then you might be using something else on your other bike, but yeah, what, what's your favorite kind of setup right now? Well, right now, uh, on the Karate Monkey, rigid frame hardtail. So I'm, uh, I am using a, I think it's Moose Tech. Uh, it's just a generic frame bag. It's a full frame bag. And uh, it just so happens that it fits really well on the Karate Monkey medium frame. And uh, I'll use two feed bags or stem bags. One's I have a water bottle in. Another one I put in my phone and my uh, battery pack and every other little thing, mostly snacks and stuff for what I'm riding during the day. On the handlebars, I'm running a, a nice, um, I think it's a Revelate roll bag and a little catch bag on, fr- on top of that. So um, I'll put in um, wires and you know, uh, charging cables and additional snacks up there. That, uh, or sometimes I put you know, tent stakes in there, just what fits up, up front, which is not a lot, but it's easily accessible. So if something I plan on using during the day, I'll put up there. I use a tail bag and I've misused it. I've used it wrong, I've used it this way. I never really get uh, um, use it well, but I use the tail bag to to hold clothes and food. The frame bag, a lot of times, food, my camping uh, stove and stuff like that. I'm trying to get it down to just that, but I have a zero degree sleeping bag that just does not compress down enough to fit in any bag without taking up the entire bag. So I usually have that in a stuff sack and just tied on up top on my roll bag. Um, I'm going to try to change that around a bit by emptying out some stuff and make my tail bag more accessible for the sleeping bag in the future, but I've not done that yet. I've purchased, uh, but I've not installed or used them yet, is uh, two Dom Gorilla 2 cages for my forks. And uh, I'm going to see what, uh, how that changes the ride and feel of the bike by moving some of that weight down to the bottom of the wheel. And... Um, you know, as anything, if you have the space to to carry it, you're going to carry more stuff than you probably ought to. So I'm going to add a um, camp chair on one side, and I'll put uh, my tarp, my ground cloth, and other stuff on the other side. And that should free up enough space in the, the front roll to uh, get more items in there. Get clothes out of the back tail bag, put it in the front roll, and then uh, uh, I can get my sleeping bag put away. So that's my plan at the moment. In the yeah. past, I rode with a Bob trailer when I toured, and um, I started off bike camping with the Bob trailer. And if you want to carry a lot of stuff, that's the way to go. It really tracks with the bike well. It's heavy as all heck because you put everything you can possibly think of in it. You have way too much stuff. Uh, you don't pack light. You pack to fill the trailer. And uh, um, not long into trying to bike camp with that, I found that the trailer seemed so heavy that all of a sudden I had troubles climbing hills. And that's discouraging on any ride. So um, I've kind of morphed into the, the traditional bike packer um, look and feel of bags, front bag, tail bag, frame bag. And I'm um, going with that. I also carry um, a fanny pack. 
in my fanny pack. That's where I put my tools. Um, my anything that's associated with the bike I'm riding is in that fanny pack. Uh, a spare tube, sealant tubes, a plug kit. You know, all of that stuff uh, I put in the fanny pack. And they're color coded. I have a green fanny pack. I ride on a green bike. I have a black fanny pack. I ride on the the Ninja. So I know I have the right one because the Ninja is a 29er and I'm running 27.5 on the, the Karate Monkey. So I have um, what I need when I go. And I don't have to really worry about taking it off a bike and putting it in a different bike and then uh, forgetting something. I have a or hard or the whole pack. Or the whole pack. I have hard enough time just remembering the whole pack sometimes. So. Uh, and I was going to uh, comment too, actually, um, for those who don't know what he's talking about, it's also called a hip pack. Hip pack. Yeah. Modern time, you know. Yeah. I've there's... been polite on what I knew it was <laughs> called. So. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different styles of those, but I have seen you use that a lot. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm usually carrying like the camera and, uh, with a strap. And so I've, tr- I've tried the hip bag a few times and that works. Um, you know, I think... It kind of depends. I think I've noticed now that I have so many places to put other things that if I'm figuring out what I'm going to put there, it's not like I know a lot of mountain bikers might use that because they're not even usually having a frame bag and then they'll carry some stuff down there. But yeah, it just kind of depends again on the the gear you're using and what how you're trying to distribute that weight. So like even when you were mentioning your zero degree sleeping bag, I also use a zero degree sleeping bag. And that's why a lot of this is going to be dependent on your gear. And you might get some of these bags to try out. And then you're trying to put some stuff in there and you start to realize, oh, that's not going to fit there. Or that's not really comfortable having this in my way up here. Maybe it's blocking something or just, you know, so that is kind of what you have to play around with over time. So we've definitely changed the way we're setting this stuff up from, you know, what we might have done a few years ago. So it just kind of really depends. And then you might even change some of your camping gear, right? Like that stuff might change too, which would then affect maybe how you're going to carry it. So. I mean, a small consideration, we've talked about it and uh, um, I'm trying to get my sleeping bag off my uh, handlebar bag and out of the way because I cannot see my front wheel when I'm riding fully packed. And uh, there's some times that it's got me into trouble where I'm laying on the ground, can't figure out what happened because I never saw what I hit. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's there by chance now because that's where it fits, but I need to move it. My Dude, like what kind of gear you buy too will also decide where you're going to put it. We said that already, but um, when, if you were like having to start like to build your, your whole kit and your bike packing bag from like square one, it's kind of things you got to think about. Like, um, okay, a zero degree bag packs down um, a little bigger than a 30 degree bag, right? And once I get this bag, where am I going to fit it at? Luckily for me, I use a down quilt, which packs down like a football. And I find that putting it in my tail bag, um, it fits better. It forms better to my tail bag. But having the lighter weight stuff on my seat, my bike performs better than having it all up on the handlebars. So like in my handlebar roll, I have my uh, sleeping pad, my shelter, you know, a bunch of stuff that's a little bit bulky um but doesn't really weigh that much and then my tail bag is just my sleeping bag for the most part so it's extremely light um i noticed that dallas i think you ride your sleeping bag on the back too yeah and it's because my my sleeping bag is so it's a zero degree it's synthetic so it's not down and it um i mean it it packs down pretty good for what it is um and and the price of it but yeah i've 
and I might try to figure out if it could go up front now that I have that rack. But, you know, again, this is a use case where in a lot of these videos, people see I now have a GoPro mounted, you know, on my handlebars. And so I'm actually trying to keep a lot of things out of the way so that you have a good view of the trail and everything. So like my use case and the way I'm trying to set stuff up is going to be different because of the way I'm just trying to set up uh, my cockpit, what I'm seeing up front, and then having the rack and everything. I, I like that it's more kind of rigid and I know it's going to stay put. And I think the only issue with my setup right now is it's very secure. I can hold a lot on the back, but then it's very heavy on the back. And so I am probably going to try to find ways to kind of distribute that weight. So having that jack rack now on the front, maybe I can put some stuff up there. So I'll, I'll be playing around with that, but I like that I could, you know, put stuff a little lower so it's still out of the view of like the GoPro if I'm trying to get footage and stuff like that. So again, it's just something that I'm going to have to change based on what I'm trying to bring with me and what I'm trying to uh, keep out of view of the camera. And also um, setups like you and Al, um, people that got to take their sleeping bag with them on the outside of the bike, um, you could just put it into a stuffed sack. It's a dry bag. You know, it's yeah. a compression dry bag. So it's going to protect your sleeping bag. It's going to make it as small as possible and then keep it dry. So, I mean, even though it's not a bike packing bag, um, it, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Uh, me, me and Dallas were talking earlier before this about, uh, you know, you can get a handlebar roll, which is meant to fit the bike and it's super nice. And yeah, that's great. But if you don't want to go that route, you can go to REIs, right? And get a whatever width size roll sack, roll bag that you want few straps and strap it on and you're basically carrying it the same way but then now they're making like tent companies right um what's one that i saw nemo they make a tent that is a bike packing bag to hook to the handlebar and it's meant to hold your tent inside so you eliminated a whole bag and your tent came with one basically yeah what were you gonna uh, say al i was gonna say um on my second bike the my gravel bike that I I have right now I'm running really no bags at all on it because I had not figured out what I wanted to do. And uh I've read enough on uh the internet that I decided okay I'm gonna make bags for this bike. And I've uh decided I'm gonna do a half frame bag um for it. That way I have my water bottles down below. I'm gonna do two stem bags because I just I don't know how I can ride without them anymore. And uh I'm I, it has a Maloco bar on it. So it's an alt bar and it's got a gap in the center. I'm going to uh, custom make a bag that sits in there. And then uh, I'm going to put a, well, a cockpit extension bar. Instead of having it sit up off the, a flat bar like this, I'm going to have it flip straight down, which is going to give me another mounting point down low in front of the handlebars for my roll. And then I'll use my tail bag. So the only thing I will keep uh, will be my tail bag and my uh, front bag uh, on my current setup, which comes off and goes on the bike quite frequently. And I'll ride, like Mike says, with the frame bag and the stem bags on there all the time. In this case, I'll probably put the Moloco bag, just keep that on there all the time as well. I'm really excited uh, about the Moco Loco bag. We, we've been talking about it and just Al's idea of how it's going to be and everything. When you look at all these bars that are like the Moco Loco or the surly or excuse me the jones like loot yep. bars 
there's all these companies that make bags for the inside of that hole, but you know, you don't really get anything out of it. You get this little tiny, you know, this little tiny bag and Al's idea, it's going to be super sick. The thing is, um, cause I write so vertical and upright, my stem is tall, so I can make that bag a lot deeper than, um, a traditional bag. Um, cause if I had that, uh, stem slammed, I'd be right down on the tire. Uh, but I don't write it that way. Um, I actually have just talked about today, even splitting it vertically. So I have a, a shallow, uh, access on top and down below would be a uh, side access where I can put my stove and all my pans, everything I, I plan in my cook set in there down low. Um, and I only have to get into it at the, at camp. Yeah, it's a it's a great point to bring up. So at this point, we're talking about um, you could go buy you know bags. There's there's all sorts of companies that are either hand making them or just things that they have in stock that are more standard. You can go that route, and those you know can go budget friendly. You you can get some of the stuff on Amazon. There's um, brands like Blackburn and what was the other one Moose Tracks. Moose tracks, yep. Moose tracks. So, you know, there's definitely options like that out there. And then you can kind of go the other end where it's a little going to be a bit more expensive, but maybe you're supporting somebody locally or in the U.S. and getting something custom. Or you can go to like an REI or or, um, just get regular dry bags, that kind of camping gear and kind of do your own hacks and get stuff to kind of work. You know, it's going to be cheap. It's also multi-purpose, so you could use it for other things. Um, or like you just said, Al, you can, and I've seen a lot of these communities popping up online, make your own gear and, and there's templates now there's instructions. You can have a lot of fun with it. And that's another cool thing about this hobby. When we've been talking about all the things that overlap when you're doing something like this. Now, here's another thing that you can play around with, you know, stitching materials together and actually building your own packs. Like that's a whole you know, other activity in and of itself, a whole nother thing that you might have a lot of fun with. And what's cool too, is I think the bags might be the only accessory or part in the bike industry that you can go to the bike shop and buy a bag that's made by a company that mass produces bags, you know, um, Revelate design, right? Real common one. Um, Well, you can buy a custom made hand-built bag from somebody making it themselves for you for almost the same price. So there's not this big giant markup because it's a hand-built thing. Like when you buy a bike frame, if you buy a Surly, it's easy to buy, it's mass-produced. Or if you go buy a custom bike, it's going to be real expensive and take a long time. But just it's not really happening in the bike bag world. Um, the bike bag makers are still selling them around the same cost as most of the mass-produced bags, um, but way better qualities. And the other thing I'd bring up, um, I know my cousin, actually, he um, his his partner helped him uh, build a frame bag for his bike. And the thing that I noticed, like, first of all, it's cool to do that. You're you're building it yourself. You're learning along the way. But once you have that uh, kind of knowledge and you know how to do that, it even becomes easier later on down the line when maybe you're going to make a change to it. Like, Al, you were just saying about yep. this whole custom thing, you might build a certain way. And now that you have that insight, if there is changes you want to make, because if because if you got the bag from somewhere else, you might not already have that knowledge. But now that you've already made it yourself, you could then add attachments to it or maybe even 
cut it open and you're going to redo it at a different size because maybe you're putting it on a different bike even. So it is another skill set that you can kind of learn and, and expand on. So my theory on this is uh, with the cost of materials, if I build two and screw up the first one and the second one's what I want, it's the same price as buying one. You know, so I have now made and I have another skill added to my oh, what I want to do. And and usually the first one you build, almost anything, the first thing you build is uh, you learn what you want to really build. You know, you come out away from it thinking, oh, if I do this next time, it's going to be like this. And um, so that's the plus of building two. Um, it, and I have the benefit of using the bags I currently have and, and looking at other people's bags and saying, what, how does this work and not work? My uh, Moose Trex bag does not have a pouch for a phone. You know, so I want, kind of want that. You know, so I'm going to put that in there. Uh, do you want dividers or not dividers? Do you want a roll top or do you want a zipper? Uh, I think the roll top is uh, less prone to failure. Uh, zippers tend to uh, uh, suck water sometimes. And we are in a water environment out here. So, um, and I mean, and that, that's just what you learn as you do it. It's kind of like, what bags do you need? I've, I think I told Mike uh, last time we went out was, I don't know what I need to bring until I'm out there. And then when I get out there, I go, I don't need this. So next time I'm not going to bring it. I've brought so much stuff uh, over, over the last year that I no longer bring because I realized I don't need that. Um, yeah. and, and that's just experience. And coming up, um, if you're new to this, you know, what do you need this? Well, I don't need that because of this. And some people go to extremes that, you know, we tried going stoveless one time and, you know, it worked. We didn't die. But, you know, the downside was all my eating utensils were with my stove kit. You don't bring your stove. You know, I'm out there trying to eat with no utensils. So, well, and you could go super minimal. You could go. That's the thing is you could try to go super lightweight. But again, if if we're trying to go out there to then you biked all day, now you're setting up camp and you're wanting to actually be comfortable and have fun. That's when you might want something comforting and warm. That's when you might want your chair. That's when you're starting to realize I, you, you're starting to realize the things you could have brought as well, you know, um, for next time. And so, you know, if you're trying to keep it as minimal as possible, you're, you're also keeping in mind like, well, actually, I know that when I get to camp, I'm probably going to want a chair. Like, so you do make some sacrifices so that you can bring some of those things that are going to make a bigger difference to your uh, comfort level. Yeah. If you're going to go as lightweight as possible, you can probably lean a little bit more towards the bike packing bags. Right. They're smaller, they're easier, lighter. You're trying to go ultra light. You don't got that much stuff. So you get the light bags. Da, da, da. But if you want to take everything, right, if you want to take everything, Obviously, you could do a bob trailer and that kind of stuff. If we're talking racks and bags, then you could do front and rear racks with big old panniers, right? That make, like, uh, Dallas has nice little bikepacking panniers. They're real small and, like, you know, for trail riding. And then they make these huge panniers for people that commute every day to work, right? Or, tour. Or, 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 or tour the coast or whatever they're going to do. And that you could just pack everything in them, right? To where not only do you not have to buy specialty uh, equipment, even down to clothing, right? Like, sporting sports wear packs down smaller than a pair of jeans and a hoodie right but if you have panniers who cares pack it up 
I wonder how much firewood you could fit in those panniers, Al. (laughs) (laughs) Not nearly as much as I can in the trailer. Uh, Everything is a trade-off, really. Um, I prefer to either pack a little heavy and and work a little harder on the the route, but enjoy the camp more. So um, I always bring too much food, and then I always bring too many items that I, comfort items that change of clothes or something like that, puffy jacket when I don't really need it. I'm willing to have that weight while I'm riding for the comfort in camp. I, if I go ultra minimum weight during the ride, I might be more comfortable during the ride, but then I get to camp and I'm kind of uncomfortable. I don't have a chair. I don't have, you know, uh, yeah. a change of clothes or something, you know. I debate taking the chair every single time, every single ride. I think about the damn chair and I go, yeah, I'll pack it. And I put it on my bike and I go, okay. And then, I go back out at 10 o'clock the night before we go on the ride and go, uh, I don't know if I really need the chair, you know, and I pull the chair off. And during the day when I'm riding, I'm like suckers carrying all this shit with them, you know, da, da, and I'm nice and lightweight. But then at the campsite, I wish I had the chair. I, here's the thing. I've decided uh, um, I have the new fork uh, rack. I'm going to just put the chair on the fork and that's where it's going to live. You know, every time I go, that's where it goes. Are you on day rides? You on day rides? I'm not going to bring it on the day ride. Why not bring two chairs? Now, when it comes to the chair, do you know one thing I do pack is if I I have taken the chair, the chair is great, but sometimes I'll just pack a have a cut piece of a of a foam uh, sleeping pad, right? It's just big enough to make it as like a pad for the ground. Mostly, you know, I mean, it gives you a little bit of comfort, but it keeps you dry, right? You're not sitting on a hard piece of wood or something, and it's better than nothing. But that even that I'm looking at my bike going, it weighs nothing, but it's kind of bulky. So yeah. where do I pack it? So like on my tail bag, it has some like shock cord on the outside. I'll usually put it over the top of my tail bag and cord it down and uh, and roll that way. Yeah. But um, we want, you know, camping what, a weekend or two ago and and took our uh, heavy setups and stuff. And I have a crate bike at that point. So chair. Hell yeah. It fits. If it fits, we're taking it. Yeah. And the thing is, is people will look at the um, the weight or just think about weight. But like what you just said, the other thing I'm looking at is volume, how much space I'm going to take up. Even before I buy gear, sometimes I'm looking at the dimensions of it because I'd almost rather go with something that may weigh a little bit more if it's actually going to take up less space. I mean, these camping chairs, it's like, you know, maybe like this and it'll fit pretty nicely in my frame bag, but it's still taking up quite a bit of space, even if it, it actually doesn't necessarily weigh that much. And that's when you're sacrificing stuff right you're like if i'm bringing this what can't i bring now well here's something that you do take that takes a lot of space and it's super light a freaking titanium pot right yeah super light doesn't weigh nothing but it's just a bulky round cylinder that doesn't compress yeah and you got to put in your bag i mean obviously you could pack a bunch of stuff inside of it and yeah you know use the space but um some stuff it's just it is what it is it's going to fit or it's not going to fit so we talked you talk about volume uh, my zero degree sleeping bag. Uh, I actually ordered a 30 degree sleeping bag because I wanted that had, um, it would pack down smaller. They sent me a zero degree sleeping bag. You know, it's, you kind of, it's kind of a bad to say, Hey, I got a better sleeping bag and I'm upset with it, but it's bulkier. Uh, it's synthetic versus down down would have compressed down smaller than the synthetic. Uh, so a 30 degree down sleeping bag probably would just be ideal for where we're at and what we're going. Um, you know, just because the bulk of the bag itself, not the weight. Yeah. But then what you give up 
you gain something else though. You gave up. You got a a, a synthetic bag that doesn't press compress as small. Yep. But I have to worry about my down bag being wet. Yep. If my down get bag gets wet during a trip, it's done. There's no. I'm not taking it to a laundry. I'm not. I got. You know, it's not going to dry in the time I need it. My trip's miserable or done. Um. So I think about it sometimes with my winter kit, going, hmm, you know. I can probably get two new sleeping bags now because I have one sleeping bag that works for everything. But what if I got a down 50 degree bag for the summertime? Right. I'm right? making a summer bag. That's going to be hardly nothing. And then in the wintertime, I'll get a, you know, I sleep pretty warm. So like a 30 degree um, synthetic bag. So it's a little bit bigger, but, you know, it's it's geared towards dealing with the weather. Right. And that makes sense. We keep saying numbers like 30 degree bag or a zero degree bag. And we're on the Oregon coast to where when we're out, even in December and January, it might get down to 28 where we're camping. So um, I'm comfortable, really comfortable in a zero degree bag, 30 degree bag. I would have been comfortable in, I think, as well. So Uh, that bag. Yeah, if I was going to Montana and I had to deal with like minus 10 or something like that, I'd be dead. But that bag is one of the biggest items that you're going to carry. So when you got to go towards the bags or the racks, like where am I going to put this bag at, you know? My bag takes up my hotel bag plus a little bit of space for clothes. So it's like I dedicated this bag is for this, right? Yeah, and we're going to have, um, you know, another episode at some point where we'll probably go more into sleeping setups. And, but the reason that we are talking a bit more about some of these items, even though they're not the bags and racks themselves, is because of how we're trying to explain how much that stuff will impact the bags and racks that you're using. Um, you know, and especially like Mike just said, the sleeping bag takes up so much space. And that's when you're going to start looking at your gear and you're starting to realize what's taking up the most space. And then you might start to compare sleeping bags just because of that, because you're like, OK, now I know this takes up much this much space. Is there another option out there? Um, you know, if it's in the summertime, I definitely might not even need this. Maybe I use something else um, and not a sponsor. But the sleeping bag that I use right now is Teton, T-E-T-O-N, Teton Sports. And I've used that one many years. It's a zero degree. And I think I, when I got it, uh, the price might be different now, but it was like a 60 to $80 synthetic zero degree bag. But when I compared, when you look at these sleep bags, I like to compare the packed dimensions. So they'll actually yeah. say like kind of how small it can pack away to. And I've compared all these name brands that get super expensive mountain hardware, $400 sleeping bag, you know, all that stuff. And when I compare the dimensions, this Teton bag actually seems like it um, is almost like the smallest size that I've seen as far as packable volume. So and, and it's worked great. So, I mean, it doesn't always need to be some name brand that you've heard of. Um, yeah, you want it to be quality, but you also kind of want it to meet the, the specs of what uh, you're trying to do with it. So you just have to try some stuff out. I just bought a first name brand or like good sleeping bag that I've bought in a long time. I've always like went to like a North Face bag or something and bought like one of their typical backpacking sleeping bags. And I recently went to this past couple of years, went to like a really nice company that makes, you know, custom sleeping bags and stuff. Not to say, you know, you don't have to blow the money on expensive equipment. Same with the bags. You don't have to blow the money on expensive equipment. But I'll tell you right now that when you do, you know, right where it went. You got really good bags. You get really good racks, right? Um, so with with Dallas, with the whole um, tumbleweed racks, right? Mm-hmm. 
people might look at a tumbleweed rack on their website and be like, like, how much are they? They're like 150 bucks or something, right? So Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. So people might look at their racks and go like, man, these things are hundreds of dollars for this little welded up rack. Why can't I go into the bike, my local bike shop and buy that, you know, $49.99 um, Planet bike rack or something. Those tumbleweed racks are built out of better material, chromoly, instead of aluminum. They're designed better, um, very minimal, right to the point, but they're, they're just better. So Dallas has had the same rack since the whole time I've known them. Does everything we do, thrashes yeah. down trails, drags it around, throws it in the back of the truck, blah, 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 and takes it. And then when I'm here in the bike shop and I'm working on bikes, it's like every time I get a bike, the racks are, you know, I see tourist bikes all the time and they put so much weight on the racks are bent or the, the vertical struts are starting to bow. So it's getting closer to the tire because it's just, can't take the weight. Um, so point being is you spend good money on good parts. You're going to know where it goes. You, you get cheaper stuff. You, most people can get by, but maybe not as long, or you would want to expect some kind of mechanical on a trip. And I think that's why it's good that, you know, in this starter pack series, we are talking about things that we've tried, where we've landed, what our current setup is. So a lot of these things that we have used are vetted in that way. And yeah, these tumbleweed racks I've been using for many years. And what I liked about them is I think usually when you're doing the whole bike packing setup, you do want to go more bags, especially if you have like the full suspension bike and stuff like that. Like it's a little bit more difficult to go with racks. And so when I was looking at racks, I didn't want anything that was overkill. I wanted to go with something really simple and minimal. And so they actually, you know, tailor that one to this mini pannier setup. So it's actually a smaller rack. It's not as doesn't take up as much space and it's meant to just fit these mini panniers. And some people might want to go with bigger panniers, but the way I thought about it is it's forcing me to not bring as much stuff, right? Because if I had the bigger panniers and this is something we can talk about, I think this is a good thing to like the trailer. If you have, if if you can carry 500 pounds, you can put 500 pounds in it. Well, yeah, the bigger the pannier, the heavier, but also too, like with Dallas's panniers, it's a, um, it's kind of like a cradle that holds a um, modern, you know, material like X-Pack or something, roll top bag, right? So it's very light. It fits a little bit of stuff. So you're, you're, you're a little bit geared towards being lighter weight, but the bags itself are lightweight versus like someone that's going to tour around the world is going to get like the big, heavy rubberized. The PVC um, bags. Yeah, the PVC bags, which are, you know, are probably pretty damn indestructible for normal usage, right? But the bag itself is heavy right so when you start thinking about weight on your bike your base weight now is heavier because of the type of bag that you have but you could take more stuff right i have another bike my shop bike that i want to do some a little bit of road touring this summertime on it and i think about how am i going to carry all my stuff and i'm, I'm going to only go on road on i'm not planning on doing no off-road stuff so i want to go to pan years now it's not going to be a fast bike it's not going to be a light bike i kind of want it more durable and strong and stuff and so I'm looking at these chrome industries. They're like a uh, welded, heavy-duty, waterproof material that is roll-top. They make panniers. And I bet you those panniers are like a couple pounds each or something. I don't know. So super indestructible and like forever tough, but uh, not that light. The, the difference in use cases here, too. If you're somebody that is cycle touring the world or the entire Pacific Coast route, you know, you're almost living on the bike at that point, you know, for months or whatever that right there. 
you probably are going to use bigger paneers. You're probably going to be bringing a lot more with you versus when we're talking about doing a weekend thing or a week long bikepacking trip. That right there are different scenarios. So again, you're going to tailor your setup towards really the kind of trip you're trying to do. If it's a multi-month kind of thing, I mean, that's obviously going to be a totally different way you're going to set up what you're carrying. And also too, like your mindset changes big time, right? If you're going to go on your bike for two years versus two days, um, you're probably not as much thinking about being super light, right? Because like you said, I'm living on this bike um, versus a lot of the trips that we're doing where we're going bikepacking. Um, something major goes on. I mean, whatever. Hey, somebody, when they get to service, when you get a truck, you know where I'm sitting, you know, or call call somebody for a ride or something. It's not like, a, you know, it, it might end your trip, but you're going to go home, fix your bag, get a new bag, whatever, and go back out versus someone that has to rely on that bag working, you know, especially if you go into like some other countries, South America or something, right? So, I, I mean, in the spirit of this whole starter pack, I mean, we've talked about our bags uh, and we didn't really talk too much. I know I talked a little bit about the trailer. Start off with what you have and then see, just take it out to your bike and see how you're going to carry it. And then, you know, that will kind of dictate what you do take. Do I need it or not need it? If I need it, I have to figure out how do we get it on the bike or on me and then carry it to, to the site. Um, and a lot of things, a lot of the functions of the bags we, we ride or common in bikepacking came around due to function. It's this seems to work for most people. Most people find a roll bag in the front, a tail bag, a frame bag as a way to carry a lot of gear and still have the performance of your bike altered not very much. Uh, that doesn't mean you have to go out and buy $600 worth of bags and, uh, and gear just to go out overnight. You know, start small. Start with figure out, like I said, every time I go out, I find out what I don't need to bring or what didn't work like I expected it to and how I have to change it. It's a learning process. Go through and learn by making mistakes. And, you know, it, if you have multiple people we've talked about this as well if you have a bunch of people going four or five people going and you run out of fuel to cook you know what there's four other stoves there you're probably going to be still eat hot food yeah so uh it's just it's part of learning it and also too like i see a lot of um we see a lot of cycle tourists going down the coast from all the way from the level of like this is the first i don't even ride bikes i'm just doing something big in my life to um a professional endurance racer right coming down the coast you'd be surprised at how many backpacks i can't imagine going on a long trip with a backpack we rode just over the bridge and I had a backpack and i was like oh i'm getting tired of wearing this damn backpack you know but just the amount of backpacks and how much easier can it get to carry your stuff right so you could buy a backpack anywhere you want almost and they come in a million different sizes yeah i've used a i've used a backpack like a collapsible you know easy one that you can have in your kit so that if you stop somewhere and you, Oh, suddenly I need to carry a bunch of stuff. You could pull it out and throw stuff in it. What were you going to say? Al? I was going to say, um, uh, the whole backpack, uh, all that. I have a camel back. I used to, uh, wear all the time when I ran cause I just needed hydration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've not felt the need to put that on riding at all, but I have looked at it and I think if I get to a place where I'm, I'm going to be summer riding or I need extra hydration, then I'll pull the bladder out of it and put that in my frame bag, you know, just as something that will conform to the shape of the bag and hold water. And, you know, uh, if I had to, I could put the camel back on 
and carry water and strap stuff to it. But it traps so much heat right on your back that you sweat like like a dog, and uh, it's just not comfortable for me. But we've seen, like you said, every every month during the tourist season, there are people riding with backpacks on, you know. Um, and nowadays they make um, bladders that will fit to the shape of your frame bag, right? They're like yep. more of a triangle kind of shape. And when we talk about the starter pack, we're going to have people listening to this that have probably been riding for a bit, but they're still curious uh, to learn some new things and, and maybe change their setup. And they just kind of like to nerd out along with us. Um, then we're going to have people that maybe are just now getting into bikepacking, but they used to do a lot of backpacking and that kind of stuff. So they have the camping gear. They ha- And so like you said, oh, get your gear that you have, figure out how am I going to put this on my bike? But then we might even have people that haven't done any of this really. Like they're, they're looking at a bike, they're wanting to get into this, but they don't even have much camping gear or maybe most of their camping gear is like car camping gear. So it's not really feasible to try to lug that stuff around. So, you know, people are going to be coming at this from different uh, points. Um, and so that too will kind of change how you might uh, go about this. You know, if, if you're trying to jump into it all at once, it might kind of seem overwhelming. And that's why we are trying to break this up into categories and talk through it. And, you know, just start little by little. You don't have to jump into this full force, you know, just if you already have a bike, if you already have some stuff, just start playing around with these ideas, you know, listen to some more of these podcasts, uh, look at some information online and just, you know, start having fun with it just like we are. And, you know, Ultimately, we just want you to get out and try a ride. And if you're in our area, come join us. You know, this is what we're trying to do. Well, and if you are just starting out, like like if you're the person that's having like, you know what, I'm going to do this new thing, bikepacking, you would probably have to lean towards more. um, Even probably before you think about the damn bike is where do I want to go and what do I need to have with me or want to have with me? Now, if you're the person that's like, I'm going to go ultralight minimal. That's going to be really easy to choose bikes. It's going to be really easy to choose bags, right? But if you're the person that's like, well, I want to have everything and I want to be totally comfortable and I want to have a lot of stuff, that's going to decide your bike and that's going to decide how you're going to carry it. It's going to decide, do I need to have panniers and racks? Do I need to have ultralight bikepacking bags? Do I need a full kit of bags? Can I get away with half a kit? You know, but 10, 15 years later, and I'm still perfecting my kit. I mean, I've, I've gotten my bags down to, I know that I just want a full bike packing bag kit. That's my style. I like it on the bike. I like it camping. I like the way it looks. I like the way it feels, blah, blah, blah. But still working on it. You know, I was telling Al, I kind of thinking, or maybe telling Dallas, I kind of thinking about switching over to one of those accordion style uh, foam um, yep. sleeping pads. Well, how the hell do you carry that? Yeah. Strap it on top of a rack? Easy, right? I don't have a rack. I got bike packing bags. So how am I going to carry this thing, right? And so... I'm now working on that. So the key is every time I've gone out, I have had a different setup, whether it could be how I string up my my tarp, how I hang a hammock. Every time I've gone out, it's been different because I've learned every time I've gone out. And I've learned as much from both of you as I've learned from anywhere else online or just by failure when I get out there. Uh, And Gary as well. Gary, from a backpacking point of view, he's got tricks he hasn't even begun to teach me yet so um i'm looking forward to doing that and you might be a first timer coming out and know more about something on this camping stuff than than i have thought about 
You've asked questions I haven't asked. You have answers I haven't got an answer for yet. I said, so come out here and teach us something. I got a suggestion for Al. I think that on one of his bags that he makes, he should make a special pocket to put his keys. Because it's quite <laughs> annoying to be pedaling some hill next to Al. And all I could hear over all the talking or music playing or the birds chirping or whatever is jingling, 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 jingling his keys every time he pedals around in his pocket. Jingling, literally. And I think about, man, carrying my keys in, keys in my pocket would suck. It's all pokey and heavy and stuff. So I have right, shorts that have keys and pockets in it. You know, hey, I have pockets. You put something in the pockets. And again, that's like how your style is. Al doesn't, um, he's not like, he doesn't pack over pack. He's not ultra light. He just kind of takes it versus me where I'm like, uh, let me take my, my, uh, my truck key off of my key ring. So I just have my key to get into my truck so I can lighten load of my bike. Yeah, you can really uh, get into the organization of how you're putting everything in these bags and you have a whole system down. Um, and I think to some degree that is helpful when you get to camp because if you don't think some of that through, you're going to be pulling stuff out, setting up camp and everything. Then the next day, now you're putting it all away and you're like, how did I get this all in here again? So you do kind of want to have a, a good system down on so that you can kind of be quick with it too. Cause the last thing you want to do is just, uh, you know, be getting ready to go and then having a nightmare, just trying to shove everything back in its place. Yeah. For, for me on the bags, I used to do it where I would like, just take out what I need when I get to the campsite, like take out what I need on my bags. I'm constantly going in and out of my frame bag, blah, blah, blah. Now my whole system is I get there. I take everything out and just put it all in my little spot. Just pour it all out. I have everything out at one point. I don't pack all that crap back up until the next day when we're leaving. The thing is, if everything doesn't have a place, you lose stuff, right? You ride the whole day thinking, I thought I had this, but I don't know where it is. And you get to camp and you find it. You unpack your bag and go, there it is. Yeah, so I think, Mike, you've given a little bit of details. I'll go over mine, but this might be good just to give an idea of how we do organize our stuff in our bags. Um, so like I've said, I have that sleeping bag on the back rack. I have these two side panniers. And so in one of the side panniers, I've been using a pretty big, uh, I call it my glamping sleeping pad. You guys have seen that one. Uh, yeah. It's the Thermarest. I thought <laughs> it was like, a house. You know, yeah. It, it, I it thought it was those big blow-up things. They like <laughs> launch boats into the ocean. You know, they yeah. launch like a major ship. So, they roll on those big old pads. I thought it was one of those. So I've been using that one lately. I might get one that takes up less space, but um, it's nice to have it when I can get it to fit. And so I have that one shoved down at the bottom of one of my pannier bags. And then I kind of have like my um, sleeping, some of my sleeping setup, like uh, if I want a um, an emergency bivy or something, if we're doing something really cold somewhere, I might bring that. Um, I might put uh, some of my food in there as well, roll that one closed. All my clothes go in another one, so I just know that's where all my clothes are. Um, and maybe I have a separate bag in there just so I can put like dirty clothes, things like that. Um, but then my frame bag, I'm mostly using that for all my food. So it can be kind of nice to have these kind of areas where you just know where that's that's where my clothes are. That's where my food is. Um, water. I know where my water is going. And so you can kind of move stuff around. But, yeah, I think it is just nice to not have to think as much when you're getting to camp. Um, if you pull everything out, like Mike said, you might have like a ground sheet that you throw it all on. Um, and then you can just see everything too. I think that's the thing is when it's all in your bike, 
it's out of sight. So you might not even realize, oh, I did bring that. I, I forgot about it. So I think pulling it out, like he's saying, if it's useful stuff, you do want to be able to see it so that you actually uh, remember to use it. I Now, for me, I, I'm going to go to fork uh, bags. And I, in my, I envision, it might change after I try to get there, I envision that I will probably take my right front fork bag, I will take and put a chair and my ground cloth in it. And in the left side, I'll put uh, my tarp, my hammock, and my straps and tent pegs, whatever I, ha I need to fit over there. And that should free up my front row. And uh, my front row will then become um, maybe it might be big enough that I can uh, get my sleeping bag in there. If that's the case, my tail bag becomes uh, just extra food and clothing. And my frame becomes alcohol and uh, filter and uh, food. So no more trailer alcohol, huh? <laughs> no more trailer alcohol. Uh, yeah, the, um, the first time we went bike camping, Mike, uh, I told him uh, we had a friend that was a, a consumer of beer. I said, I brought beer for him. And I'll just say, if you bring a trailer and you bring six 20-ounce bottles of beer, you're packing a lot more weight than you ought to. And a bottle uh, of uh, rum. Well, yeah, because, you know, I figured not everybody's going to drink beer. Full box but of cereal. You have to snack on something. <laughs> Point being is, if you have a trailer, you can bring whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, That again, like I was saying, that's what I liked about, I think... You find that balance because I do want it to be minimal as well. Um, you know, when I backpacked, I would always try to think through that stuff, too. And so what I liked about those mini paneer bags, like I was saying, is that if I had these huge paneer bags, yeah, I could shove a lot in there. But even right now with these mini paneers, I'm forced to get what I can get to fit in there. And it's still pretty heavy. So, I mean, I couldn't imagine if I had these huge paneers and all this, like, I would be like, yes, I got everything to fit. I'd be shoving way more in there. Um, but because you're forced to get creative with how you fit everything and how you arrange it, and then you realize that won't fit there, that that does end, end up changing um, what you're going to bring, how you're going to bring it. And I, but I kind of like that at the same time. I like that you have to kind of think some of that through. Part of that, I think, is that that's part of the adventure, right? Is did I pack enough stuff? Do I have what I need to get me from what I plan to do? Uh, you know, and that's going to change. If it's July and, you know, the low temperatures are going to get down to 60, you're going to pack a whole lot differently than if it's, you know, January and the low temperatures are going to get to 25. Al, I think that's a, a good point because what, what came to my mind when you said that is, you know, we're doing this for the fun of it. This is a, something that we find enjoyable and fun. And we're doing, you know, like you said, an adventure. And I think when we think about it, when we're having an upcoming trip, no matter what the trip is, it's almost becoming a game to us. We're starting to come up with a strategy, like a plan, like, oh, here. And you might even be planning on trying something new this time. And you're like, OK, we're going for this many days. OK, I'm going to check the weather. How cold might it get? Um, is it going to rain on us? Like you're starting to strategize and figure out you might, even though you're using the same bags and racks, you might change the gear you're bringing and how you're arranging it just based on that specific trip that we're doing. Well, you know, think about um, the weather's the same. 
everything's the same except you know the route's a little bit longer uh and you have a two-day trip or an overnighter right i need to camp one night or i'm going to have uh i need to bring food and find water sources for three days you know so now you i packed enough food for one day that'll get me to all right and i'll be eating tomorrow night well no i have to camp out tomorrow night so it doubles the amount of, of food and calories you have to bring so it's a lot easier when it's an overnighter. Um, I think when it's an overnighter, it's a lot easier because you can bring a lot more stuff. But at the same time, it, it can be kind of hard because, I mean, you still can't bring everything. So I think, yeah, like you're saying, if it's an overnighter, you can then not even think about it as much. You can just throw everything in there as long as it fits, as long, you know, it's an overnighter. Versus if it's a week long trip, you're really going to have to think stuff through so there is a big difference there and and that's not to say that on your first or second or third overnighter you didn't really overthink it i did i you know i i planned so like i'm oh i'm going to go on an overnighter saturday and sunday uh and i started about monday or tuesday packing stuff up unpacking you know by the time uh friday came i, I almost didn't know where anything was at anymore because i packed and unpacked four or five times you know um so when you first start it's not unusual to be unsure of what you need and how you're going to pack it. And in, well, geez, if I need to take this stove now, what do I need to get rid of? Cause I can't carry everything. I said, but after a while you get your, your basics. I need a pad. I need a hammock. I need a tarp. I need, you know, and th this is where it goes. Yeah. This is how much space I have left to fit extra food in for a three day trip versus a two day trip. But we still think about all the other things. Yeah, how many times? Uh, you, you, okay, I'm going to take my stove. Right? When was the last time you checked how much fuel you had in your stove? Every um, time. Yeah, every time somebody checks. You know, I pulled out my, I brought a, a larger can of uh, butane, and I looked at it, and that's been in my packs rattling around. I have wear marks on the butane tank. I've been riding with it so long. I'm thinking, I don't know how much fuel's in it. I think too, as a beginner. If you're a beginner and you're going to start joining like some, if you're going to go by yourself is probably one of the hardest, longest ways to figure out how you're going to do everything, right? You can only do it your way. You learn from yourself. You don't feed off nobody else. You don't see no ideas, blah, blah, blah. But if you're going to go on a group ride or meet up with some kind of bikepacking group or whatever, um, talk to them. All, everybody that I know that goes bikepacking would be down to just talk bikepacking, especially about an upcoming trip, right? Not so just like on the trip, before the trip, after before the, the trip. trip. That's what I'm saying. Before the trip, like, um, I have bought a um, this past year. I bought a pack of my fuel on Amazon, and I, I prefer to use the smaller size cans because they fit in my pot. Now, I have like five cans that have like a little bit of gas in them. So I called Al one trip before, and it's like, hey, Al. You taking like a big ass can of gas or like what are you taking? He's like, yeah, I got a pretty big one. I'm like, okay, well, my can is like super low, and I don't know if it's gonna make it through the trip, right? And so I thought because my kit, how it is, I don't go out and go on month long tours, right? I'm going bike back on the weekend. I'm doing a couple day trips. I'm trying to go ultra light as much as I can. So for me to pack another can in my bike of gas, just a little small can would have really, I, I would have to think about it. Okay, one more can of gas. Where am I going to put this at? You know, da, 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 da. So you could share yep. your packing with your group or your friends, you know? So if 
if you want to make yourself ultra light and make your your bags be able to fit more right or in the winter time if you want to be able to take more which everybody's going to be cooking well do we need to take a bunch of cans of gas right when one person can carry gas and everyone else can carry now you know same an extra meals. sweater we did that uh that that one in december too same with meals where we packed packed up and well i guess it was in november we went in november and had a, a thanksgiving type meal you know where we didn't bring each and every one of us didn't bring a full thanksgiving meal but we brought sections thereof and then made a, a, a more food than we could eat hardly yeah which made packing our bikes um actually kind of hard because what do we do we said let's take real food and have this big old dinner right and so you know if you had the panniers or a rack where you you have a means of putting something else on um or in you can make it easy when my bags having bike packing bags i was like man how am i gonna fit i brought um some hawaiian rolls right where am i gonna put these things so they don't get like sandwiched in this bag that i'm trying to smash down shut right so i mean all those little tricks like uh hey a box of cereal is a box but it has a liner inside. If you pull the liner out, that kind of conforms to the shape of your bag. You don't forget yeah. you can forget the box, you know. What about all the alternative ways to carry stuff? You know, baskets, baskets basket oh, packing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. What do you, what do you use, Mike? I know you you have quite a few bikes that have like the baskets and the. Um, I know you have some cargo bikes there in the shop. So, I I I like the idea. So online, you know, on Instagram nowadays, you can hashtag basket packing. You see all these bike packing bikes that have front baskets. Typically, they're more utility kind of style bikes, and they're not really going ultralight and that kind of stuff. Um, I like that, and I want to have something like that. But um, I really like the bike packing bags. So I was messing around with my road bike, trying to put a basket on the front. It's not going to work out on that bike, so I'm scratching that idea. But on the shop bike, I like using the crate. It's cool. You just pack the idea that you could just put stuff in this thing, basket or a crate. I could put stuff in it. I could put a net bungee on the top. doesn't really matter. It's protected. It's secure. Um, it's not going anywhere. Blah, blah, blah. You do add a little bit of weight, right? Um, but typically the person going like full on bike packing is not going to be the basket guy, but still you can. Um, our friend Kenny, me and Alan Kenny. and Kenny went for a ride on one of the routes and Kenny has a, um, 29 or salt uh surly with a front basket um packing kind of setup chain ride rides right on it rips down trails i was when i first looked at it i thought man this kind of looks odd it's got a basket and it's got a uh, custom made bag that fits in the basket it's mm-hmm. a big old square box of a uh, roll top box that fits in that basket it's all zipped down he had uh uh two basically bullets like torpedoes torpedoes on the side yeah Yeah. he basically took the fork leg bags right but mounted them to the bottom of the basket along the side of the struts right so it's kind of like the deal weird you know i thought you know that kind of looks odd but he packed a ton of stuff lightweight for him and uh the rest of his bike was clean and empty he was packing all kinds of stuff everything was right there accessible in that roll top if we could just get him to stop uh, a fewer a few fewer times for coffee, we'd uh, make some time. But uh, you know, you keep stopping, making coffee, right there. Yeah. When when you're talking about the baskets, Mike, the the other thing I was going to bring up is when we're talking about people starting out. Maybe you're thinking about this bike setup and wanting to be capable of doing a bike camping overnighter and things like that. 
but you also want this bike to be multi-purpose so that you can just go around town and carry stuff like the whole utility idea of the bike. And so that's when, you know, even if necessarily like the basket setup isn't maybe what most people would do bike packing, but maybe you want to have a basket on your bike because of the other ways you're using your bike when you're not bike packing with it or, or over doing overnighters. Maybe you're doing day packing is kind of the term we've been using. Um, so you're going to maybe have a setup just because of the other ways you use that bike. Um, and maybe it's your one bike to do a little bit of everything that right there will change how you set it up. Yeah. Works really. It's really easy to go to the store on your bike pack and bike when you have a front basket, right? Like not, not bike packing, but just like in your normal life, just go to the store, you have a basket, throw it in the front. But if you're using like a frame bag, you know, it's yeah, like, okay, you. you know, I can't put this gallon of milk in my frame bag. Um, so baskets are really cool. And then the basket, you can mount on the front or the back, right? Yep. Crates, you know, if you have uh, people use crates on probably the most popular way is to carry dogs, right? A lot of times on the back of a bike, uh, they'll put a crate on. I've seen a bunch of bikes come down the coast this year with dogs with them on crates. Um, I have a crust fork bike, uh, Clydesdale fork, puts the crate on the front, um, works really well. So crates, baskets, uh, cargo bikes, right? And cargo bikes have long rear ends, big old side saddle bags, big crates on the back, or big huge um, like wagon type compartments in the front. Yeah. So when you start getting into that, you know, going from the ultralight bike packing bags, now you're getting up into like cargo bikes. I mean, now the the world's changed to not only can you carry a lot of weight, but what am I carrying? I'm taking my dog. I'm bringing my kids, right? If all this um, other group of adventure cyclists now that are taking their family and their pets, right? Which would be kind of hard on a regular, typical um, bags or pannier kind of setup. You reminded me of a, a bag that I've used in the past to bring my dog. I have a miniature poodle and he's just the right size. You know, if he was any bigger, it'd probably be pretty difficult to take him around, but... I got one of these bags that you see where you can kind of hook it on the front handlebars and it's more of like a cloth style. It does have like a, a harder bottom or like a support on the bottom. And I've taken them on rides with that. And the cool thing about, you know, if, if somebody is trying to do something and like that, or if they're going around just across town is those, those kind of bags even are easily taken off and then they convert into a backpack. So you can even carry your dog around that way as well. And I've seen people even doing with it with cats, you know, I've seen cats in trailers, you know, people find lots of ways to bring their pets with them on, on bikes. So you definitely always have um, baskets and things like that, that people use them for. If One there's something thing. you need to take, you know, figure out what's going to carry that and how yeah. to mount that on the bike. It's not wrong, right? There, there's probably some smarter versus, you know, less smart ways of doing things. Uh, mostly weight distribution. You can mess up the handling of your bike by putting too much weight some one place or another. Uh, but as far as what you bring or not bring, I've, I've overloaded my bike and it's ridden fine. I've ridden it, you know, without any bags. It rides great. Um, but it's all a trade-off again. So if you can get what you want, where you want it to go, you're in good shape. I saw a guy come down the coast this year with a surfboard trailer and it had like a, uh, 
it had a rear rack that had kind of like a pivot mount on the top of a rack, similar to like a gooseneck trailer of a truck or something. And it had this custom, real lightweight aluminum trailer that supported a a single surfboard. And he had like some kind of bag on top of it, I think. But he wanted to go into California and go surfing. So packed his surfboard and head down the coast. And it's kind of cool because it was long, but it wasn't any wider really than his bike setup. So, and because it was a white surfboard, I mean, I saw it coming from days away. It's crazy when you see these insane setups or, or, or the things that people are trying to do that's, you know, way different. Um, that even reminds me, because you'll see people hauling stuff, crazy stuff, like people even trying to pull a canoe with them on a bike, things like that. But um, I think the other thing that's nuts, you've probably seen a few of these, but when you see the unicyclists going down touring and how they're trying, for one, they're just doing it on a unicycle you know i don't even know how how that goes long term but but the the bags though how are they fitting everything they need on that well, you know? if you see them they make they have to obviously go pretty damn ultra light i think a backpack probably comes in the mix um but a unicycle is fixed gear you know you pedal forward it goes forward you pedal backwards it goes backwards now they have these unicycle uh hubs that have like a gear in them like you can push a little side bolt and it changes the gear but that's just constant work and balancing. And it seems crazy to me because I can't ride a unicycle. So yeah, it seems for, crazy. Me, yeah. for me, it'd be like five feet, then a trip to the hospital. <laughs> and then uh, yeah. wherever they kick me out, I'd be. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Two, two cool ones that I saw um, this past summer um, that kind of show some cool things. One is this, um, this guy was on a regular bike. It was a couple. And this dude was on a regular bike, like typical touring bike, all pan, um, pannier bags and everything. Well, his wife was on an electric bike. She had panniers and she had some little bags and stuff. But what she was doing is she was pulling a trailer and it had a solar panel on the top that went to an extra battery charging under there or something. And so they would hotel it every other night and she would plug it in and charge up her stuff and use the solar to just help keep the system charged or something helped it charge longer and uh did that and that was kind of cool because it was a custom trailer and then then she used the inside of the trailer to put like a lot of her equipment like her sleeping bag but she packed a full-size sleeping bag and i didn't even know she had it because it was in the tra- trailer underneath the, the panel it was so that was cool but i saw another guy and he came down the coast and he had a trailer that was a kid's trailer where they took all the fabric off of it and he put a flat piece of plywood as a platform and literally went and got those waterproof like totes oh. you can buy at um you know Walmart or Harbor Freight or something and just stacked up totes with ratchet straps and went down the coast and like this one's my sleeping get get up, this one's like my uh my clothing and this one. And it's like okay for I had made a shame for how much he carried. Yeah, a lot of stuff, but for long lasting and strength and durability, right? and waterproofness and toughness like he blew everybody out of the water right but he's rolling like you know 100 pounds on a trailer with all this big weight imagine when the wind comes up and hits you or you're going down a hill or something it'd be a crazy ride yeah you're getting a pretty good workout the more you you know like when i was pulling stuff in the trailer all these people like you know you're you're definitely getting some um expedited training there when you're 
hauling a lot more stuff. So uh, one of the last topics here, we can talk about water cages, um, which bottle cages, you can use a lot of these different cages to mount bags, water, bottles, all that good stuff. Um, and we also will use straps a lot with those. You have the Voily rubber straps, which a lot of people like, um, but those do have some give to them. Um, the other straps that I like using are the austere um, cam locking uh, straps. I've been using those lately, and I do like that those can be tightened to pretty much any um, exact length you need them to, and then they're going to stay pretty sturdy and more rigid. Um, and there's a lot of different uh, bottle cage options out there. And it, those can attach pretty much wherever you have those mounting options on your bike or on your forks. Um, what I like about the fork that I have on uh, the salsa, that's the fire starter fork, I think, uh, is that it actually has a lots, lots of the um, multiple mounting options at different angles. So you could, in theory, actually hook up two bottle cages on each side and uh, really fit a lot there if you wanted to. You could have two water bottles. You could have two dry bags going the other way. Um, I haven't really put that much up there yet because at the same time, you kind of want to think that through because, you know, you could start to get a lot of stuff packed down on your fork and then that could cause other issues, especially if you're doing more riding through like single track and narrow stuff. So that's, again, all things that you're going to think about. So, Mike, what would you usually list when you're talking about bottle cages? Do you have a certain go to kind of um, setup? I like king cage, stainless cages. Um, the titanium cages are cool. I just like stainless cages, though. Um, you could, you know, those cheap aluminum cages, you probably want to steer clear of if you're doing any, um, like, major length of time, especially, like, the uh, real cheapo, like, Planet Bike aluminum ones. Um, they break all the time. They're always broken on people's bikes and stuff, so no one deal with that. Um, wolf tooth you know, makes awesome cages. Um, what else? You know, there's, um, there's other brands out there. I'm not listening, but, uh, for my personal setup, um, I put a extra water bottle cage on the bottom of the down tube down by the bottom bracket. Now my bike does not have any, uh, braised on mounts there at all. So I, um, I did it the old school way. I just put some, um, electrical tape on my frame put my stainless water bottle cage there and two stainless hose clamps called it good. Um, it's made it through a bunch of trips and it's super strong. They make kits to do that. Uh, King cage makes stainless water bottle or stainless hose clamps that have mounts on them to thread bolts into, um, multiple companies make stuff like that. I run a little extra strap on my bottom bottle down there just so when you're getting rowdy, it's not going to, um, come out or get in any way of steering or anything. I actually use a little surly strap that um they make that's just this little velcro strap a little you know accessory strap i guess you call it and it keeps my bottle in place um i think one thing that a lot of people don't um realize is that when you have a bicycle water bottle cage most of them are designed so the curve of a bicycle bottle it'll pop in and hold it and you go to put like uh typically what you see in like adventure cyclists that kind of stuff is like some kind of stainless water bottle or titanium water bottle. Well, now with the um, how popular bike packing is and adventure cycling, there's companies that make water bottle cages that don't have that curve on the top. They're straight, so you can put stuff like uh, titanium 
water bottles, metal water bottles. Widefoot is the other one I thought of, um, which I think their tailfin is another one where they're starting to make them where they're just kind of more flat and and also super wide. Or they could have um, some support for holding even like bigger, like a 40 ounce canteen or something like that. Or companies make them so they fit the Nalgene bottles. So water bottle cages, um, I would suggest that you get a better one. Uh, You'll spend thousands of dollars on your bike and put a $5 water bottle cage. You know, you could put a better one that's going to last a whole long time. Um, And then now you can do cool stuff like get anodized ones and you know, all these cool colors and stuff. But I think, uh, I think I'm going to talk your bike hanging in the bike in the back is if you do put uh, two water bottles and a half frame, you can drop that cage down. Good low. point. So it my, you a lot more room for your pack. Yeah, my uh, my down t- my uh, steep post uh, water bottle cage. It's a called a drop cage. So it, the the mounting holes are up higher, so it drops the water bottle cage lower. So that way, both my bottles can fit and um, my frame bag. I still have a decent space of a frame bag. Um, so you can get spacing. And then, you know, there's companies that you can do that kind of stuff with, like Wolf Tooth, uh, B-Rad System, for one, that you can move. So it's a, it's a track that you can bolt on your bike to move your water bottle cage or mount two of them or some configuration of it all. So real easy way to do that. Um, and then like Dallas said, you can mount your water bottle cages on your fork um, and also like on his mini pannier rack or the tumbley racks, um, the uh, old man mountain racks. They, they're putting mounting holes on the side. Yeah. So you can put water bottle cages or, um, you know, cradles and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And as far as the straps go, um, I also use a uh, it's. Um, a cheaper version of those cam lock kind of straps. You know, you loop through and you pull it, but like a, a three quarter inch wide strap. I put one um, on my seat rails around my rear bag. Once I get it all packed and as tight as it can be with the regular straps, I put this one strap and pull it up so it gets my rear bag really tight against my seat. And then I have two extra ones, the same thing going around my bars and my whole front pack. So that way, once I get it, it typically overweight and bouncing on trails once I kind of go down towards my tire and I only have a little bit of space. So I use those as like my kind of like extra support straps, um, which also sort of ties into my shelter with the tarp tent over my bike after. So um, and they're so light. I mean, if you complain about bringing an extra strap, I guarantee you're going to use it someday out there. I I use a uh, one of my feed bags for a water bottle. And then my my frame bag uh, covers up one of my uh, mounts for a water bottle cage. Uh, so I use the one on the down uh, tube, well, the front tube underneath. So yeah. that's where I have the second water bottle. And uh, being real cheap and you saying you don't have to go crazy and, and get nice straps. As Mike says, I use... Uh, like, you know, 1950s boat anchor uh, rope to tie my sleeping bag on, you know. You don't need a fancy strap. It's a lot easier. It's a lot faster. It's a lot convenient, and it looks a lot nicer uh, than rope. But, you know, a rope will hold your sleeping bag in place. Uh, I will, when I make bags, make straps um, as well because they're convenient, and they're not that expensive. It just... 
you know, if you have that 1950s boat anchor rope, just use it. That's the interesting thing about the um, mini paneer bags that I use. If you actually look closely at how the microwave paneers are designed is they're actually just this like um, this back acrylic kind of material, um, some sort of heavy duty plastic that they've attached a bag to that then will hold your dry bag. Um, but that, that heavy duty plastic backing just has slits in it where they've pretty much just um, found different voily straps that um, that makes up the whole system. So the whole way that those mini paneer uh, bag setups actually attach to the rack is just using a bunch of voily straps. And once you get that down, it's it's pretty interesting just to see how they um, thought that thought about that for for attaching it. It just I mean, it makes it easy to replace. Right. If you ever have one of those break or you lose one, you can just get another voily strap. And so that's kind of, um, you know, what they used on that design. And what I like about that design, too, is um, someone like me personally, I don't like those straps, the voile straps. Um, so the, but the way that Rock Ice made those or uh, at the time, um, Porcelain Rock and now Rock Ice made those bags. If you weren't someone that wanted to use the the the, the voile strap, you could take it off and put like um, range. a little web strap or a velcro strap or something so it's really cool that you have the option for that and now you can buy straps right you can go to bike shops or online and buy the valet straps uh surly junk straps um the whatever they're called again the expensive ones um, oh, austere <laughs> austere super sick just really expensive right um you can go into hardware stores, um, surplus stores, all kinds of stuff and get all kinds of strap type of things. So, you know, bungee cords, um, all kinds of stuff. I'll, I'll say this about bungee cords. If you've ridden along the highway for any length of time at all, you know, bungee cords fail. They're all mm -hmm. over the highway. So um, be prepared to have a failed bungee cord if you're using that. And have backup straps, right? You want to have those in your kit. Just have, do you guys carry just backup straps in your, that you kind of have in your frame bag? Or what I do right now is I, at least if I'm not bikepacking, but I'm just going around town, I have that space in my frame bag. So right now I just have straps in there. So, Hey, maybe I'm in town and then I grab something and then I'm have some straps. Uh, I have extra rope and paracord. I do have some paracord stuff. Yeah. For my shelter. So if it really came down to it, I could use that to like, tie up some stuff on my bike um yeah the thing with the volet straps and there's the only reason i don't like them because i don't want people to think like oh yeah i'm trying to like side with brands or something it's the only strap i've ever seen personally break on a bike camping trip and it was on gary's bike gary yeah gary um, lost the strap um i'd never seen anyone else's strap ever break never thought about one breaking because they're not doing really that much heavy lifting you know and he probably used his on a million trips over a million miles right but that's my personal experience with them. Um, but the straps, uh, especially if you have racks and stuff, right? You got to have a way to secure stuff to it. And what I noticed too is Rock Guys also does now is they make this, uh, it's like a, it's kind of like the, those new mountain bike fender material plastic or like school fender material plastic. It's like a cradle that's designed to strap a bag to. So you can keep your bag dry and clean against a rack. But without having to like have any major um stuff it's just kind of like this quick deal it was a real common thing that uh, a lot of bags have um 
that I was looking at doing it as well is that whole fighter web of uh, shock cord, you mm-hmm. know, has some give and stuff. That's really convenient if you have that either on a trunk bag or front bag or whatever to take a rain jacket off, shove in there so it's really accessible, but it's, you know, you don't have to wear it all the time. So yeah. that's not a bad feature as well. What I've noticed with the Voily straps, um, and I could see them over time if you've used them many years and stuff, like, and if they're out in the sun, like that material, I could see it um, getting more weak over time. Um, but what I, what I saw when I got the uh, mini paneer, the microwave bags, and they were using all the voilies, they actually say in their instructions um, that when you're pulling the voilie straps and tightening them, um, they're actually very clear about not over tightening them. I think that's what people probably end up doing that then causes them to break is if you're constantly over tightening them, like they do have a capacity. And so they actually tell you on the microwave instructions um, to only go like a few dots, you know, because they have the punch holes in them. Yeah, to only pull it like two dots maximum past the threshold because um, you have all these punch holes. And so if you're like, oh, I'm really going to tighten this up like over time. Well, I could totally see that because that's what I would do. I'd be like, huh, pull this thing tight, you know, latch it put on there. Put against the frame and pull. Now with the nylon type of straps or whatever material they are, like the webbing kind of strap, um, what I like about mine is I put it through the buckle and cinch it down tight and it stays tight. And then you can take the, the leftover piece and tie it around itself is kind of like a safety or to keep the straps from you know flopping all around um but yeah that's a and another thing too you know to add to the straps that i do carry on my bike is um like a little carabiner or little s hook things you know um because i use it to carry like a hat strap it to the bike or um i use it a little small one on the back because i carry my sandals on the outside of my rear tail bag and so even though they're kind of in my straps and probably super secure for peace of mind with me, they're in the back. I don't want to lose them. I got this little like mini nighties locking carabiner that I go through both straps and a, and, a, and a strap on the bag of my sandals and both straps and then lock it on there. I don't even have to think about it. They're always going to be there. So, you know, little outside accessories, you're going to have to carry people carry the little dangle mugs, you know, your little cup on the outside of your bike, little, little s hook or a little carabiner hook right that's a good call because not everything has to fit in a bag it just has to be on the bike somehow yeah like i i have i wear some water shoes around my camp shoes they don't weigh anything uh you know i think you could probably replace them every year because they're you know made out of you know spongy soft rubber uh, and if you walk around in camp they wear out real fast we when we won that that ride where we packed all the food for thanksgiving you know i don't have yeah. room in my bag my I, I don't design my kid to bring all this extra food like this right so I went to the grocery store and doubled up two grocery bags, right? Put yeah. food in there that can be in there, tied them shut, and then use the webbing on the top of my bag, hold on my tail bag, bag, to hold this grocery bag, extra bag on the outside of my bike. Same thing when I had uh, the trailer, we did our little short heavy ride. I had uh, uh, chips on the, on the trailer, just in, in grocery bags. Yeah. So. All sorts of ways to do it. Any last things? So um, a lot of what dictates what you can put on your bike is what your bike's configured to carry. So do you have a mounting point or not? Um, and if you get stuck in that mode, and I am that way 100%, is I can't put anything on the front forks because I don't have a place to mount it. 
there are hundreds of companies out there that will sell you a, and I was just looking at, uh, for me, Dom cage, uh, the Dom gorilla cage. Hey, if you have the mounting points, you can get the mounting uh, buttons and it works fine. If you don't, they have a kit to mount to a fork that doesn't have a mounting points. And that's just one example of hundreds of, of products out there that you can um, make or that are available to purchase to mount where there's not a mounting point. So don't well, let the mounting points limit you. It's just easier if you have them. You know, with the rise of bike packing and adventure cycling become really popular. A lot of bike companies have leaned towards designing stuff specifically for carrying, you know, cargo. Um, exactly. How can I carry my stuff? So no matter what, there is a way. Um, now, if you're the person that is um, already been bike packing and already down that path and stuff, and you're just kind of changing your kit, you're modifying the kit and mix matching, you know, that's all cool. But if you're the brand new person, literally starting from nothing, um, you have to do a little bit of thinking because what I kit I buy, what cargo kit I buy, what bag kit, what racks, what whatever decides on what I'm going to take. And what I buy to take is going to decide on what I need to carry it on. It's a, you know, a circle. So start thinking about, okay, do I need a huge sleeping bag? Right. Do I need a, do I want a big ass giant tent? You know, do I want to take a chair? Am I trying to take, you know, um, you know, all this extra stuff, you're probably going to need to lean towards bigger kits. If you're going to go minimalist or ultra light, then you could feel pretty safe with, okay, I'm going to, I can get a bike packing kit or something. You know, and your trip is going to dictate that, you know, so I plan to ride with a chair all the time, but if I go on like a four or five day trip where I need to carry more food because that's more important than a chair, I might take that fork bag and get the chair out of it and put multiple days food in it, you know, because that's what I'm going to need. How are you going to pack for Ragbri? Ragbri, I'm just going to know where uh, Google, where the next beer stop is. And uh, they go town to town. And there's uh, every kid under the age of like 60 is there to sell you something along the way. So you don't have to pack hardly. Yeah, but aren't you, aren't you bikepacking it or something? I am. I'm going to, I'm going to take uh, a chair in the front fork. I'm going to take, because um, I don't, it's Iowa. There's not as many trees as we have out here on the West Coast. So I'm going to put a, on the left uh, fork, I'm going to put uh, my tent, which has the, the ground cover. And oh, so what you're saying fly. is no, no hammock. No hammock. Yeah. yeah no you're, not, you're not bringing no a, fr- you can't bring a freestanding hammock, you know, yeah. bring one of those big metal frames with you. I was kind of thinking he was leading towards bringing an umbrella or something. When he said no trees, I was like, oh, he's going to take an umbrella or what? I'm going to, I am definitely going to ride in a long sleeve shirt and sunscreen because you can burn out there, man. It's like a, it'll be 114, 116 degrees out there for us. So. Yeah, so you can take, you, you just basically got to take uh, your chair and your sleeping equipment you just get food throughout the whole way. Yeah, I'll purchase food throughout. But, you know, because I'm cheap, what I'll do is I'll, I'll hit the grocery store and buy a bunch of stuff uh, for food d- during the day. And uh, find probably I thought you were supposed to buy a pie out there or something like that. Oh, man. You, uh, you can say a lot of things about Iowa, but those women historically can make pie. And uh, I'll probably eat three or four pieces of pie a day just to get across Iowa. You know, that's the way it's done. Okay, now on the opposite side, when we do the uh, Sixes Azalea Odyssey, yeah, six night bike packing trip on the southern urban coast this summer, how are you going to pack for that? 
uh, that probably will not be the chair. I will bring the hammock because I think we'll have places to go. But uh, uh, that whole front tube will probably be two or three days food. And then we'll just replenish that as we go. Yep. And if in the summertime, I don't have to worry about an under quilt or a, a pad in the hammock. So I'll just have just the sleeping bag. Yep. One I'll bar of soap and go, go to town. I'm sure we'll learn a lot on that one. Bar of soap. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it won't be a full-size bar. Maybe it'll be a little travel bar. I'm just going to be in the river downstream. In the soapy water? Yep. Yeah. I, I think that's a plan. Oh, and not to, no disparaging words. I was looking at the PNW uh, bikepacking boys. Oh, yeah. Just uh, There's always a difference in camping. They have one camp and they share a, a tent. I noticed that. I saw uh, that and I was like, huh, okay. That's like ultralight teamwork. I know what they're doing. Yeah, but they, that, I was going to bring that up earlier when we were talking about stoves and stuff because it's like part, I've had been with groups where they want to share stuff. That makes sense in some degree. But it's all, also like there's probably some things where you want to have a few backup things just in case. Like if you're talking about if you only had one stove and everyone's sharing it, you know. Um, yeah. And then if you have an issue, but I'd be fine sharing a tent with you guys. Um, so. <laughs> You're talking like one of these big ass giant Coleman, like four bedroom tents. Sure. No, I like, um, you know, I understand people sometimes want to share stuff. Like why not? Right. We can make it ultra light if we all don't bring a bunch of extra stuff. Right. I just like having my whole kit. I like the idea that yeah. we're bike packing tonight, but if I had to leave, or if I wanted to go or whatever, you know, I'm on my own. I can, I can survive on my own. You know, I like the idea of that. So we never do that really. Like lately we've, we, we've done a lot of like food sharing. Right. But at the same time, if we meal, ended yeah. up one in our own ways, we would all have enough stuff to eat our own stuff for dinner. Right. Um, but we all take our own stuff, our own sleeping, sleeping tents. And part of you wants to act, test out your full setup, you know, like you're, if you don't bring some of this stuff, then you're not really going to know for next time if it would have worked. You know, I, I think especially if you're starting out, you do want to try to be independent so that you can really test out that full setup because you're not always going to have the option of sharing things. Sometimes if that does work out, then it works out. At the same time, we've not been on a trip that we didn't break out snacks of some sort and say, you know, and share them around because, you know, We've, we've brought more food than I actually need, you know, so yeah. hey, we'll share those around, whether it's something silly as that pop tart or, or whatever it happens to be, you know, uh, yeah, Al, Al's pretty I, famous for that. You'd be like halfway up a hill or something and just be like next to you, like, here, you want some, you look over, he's got like busting out a pop tart. Yeah, sure. You got to keep your energy levels up. Yep. If you're going to ride like a kid, you have to eat like a kid. Heck yeah. This is another one down for the starter pack. And I think uh, we actually have already got some feedback from some people on. Uh, I was reading a comment the other day and they started going, oh, this is so helpful. When are you guys going to have stuff about clothing and food and all that? And I'm like, that's the whole point of this. We're going to go through it. And I think I'm pretty sure that's somebody that already rides and stuff, but they're still finding information in this. Oh, yeah. 
First of yeah. all, tell them to get their ass over here and just ride with them. And well, I mean, that's what the whole point is, right? Like, we're giving you our opinions on what we like because yep. we tried it. This is what we do. This is what we have used, and this is what works for us. Um, but I encourage you to do something different because then that way, when we ride together someday, and you have some kit of your own, and I pick up some little piece of it, and add it to my kit, I'm perfecting my kit. And that's what, personally, my kit is. is I've done a lot starting with what I thought, and then I pick up little pieces from other people here and there, be it people I ride with, watch on the internet, you know, whatever. And I'm kind of taking a little bit of from everything and making my kit one um, deal that's perfect for me. So and from, from a podcast point of view, I mean, subscribe, great. That's great. Uh, you know, whatever, hit your notifications bell, the whole nine yards, so you know what we're talking about. But more importantly to me is is leave some comments. Tell us what you what you liked, what you didn't like, what we can do to improve, what we can do to uh, what we missed that we just just flat out missed. Because you know, there's stuff that I'm not even aware of that you can teach us about. So let us know. Yep, for sure. Um, yep. So if this you're... is Al's email address. <laughs> So put my email do, address in there. I look at email. We do have an email. It's bikecampchill at gmail.com. So you can send any questions, but you can do that also on YouTube. Leave a comment. Um, if you go on Instagram and you're following any of these accounts, um, there's ways to send us messages and comment on I anything. It would be so. fun to answer questions that people yeah. have. Yeah, we so definitely can. Send a, a question somehow, you know? Yeah. Email, you can find us. YouTube. There's ways to do it. And we'll read your question and we'll answer it. And we can have a whole thing out of it if we get enough people sending them in. So go on you, ahead. You're guaranteed two things on questions. One, a smart-ass answer, and one that we really care about and we think is probably true for, for us. Okay? So we will may make fun of the question, not because you're, you're, you're silly or it's a silly question, just because we probably have had the same questions in the past. And... We'll make fun of, I'll probably make fun of Mike on how he does something or something. We like should that. do a bike packing setup or bike packing bike roast. You send us, the viewer <laughs> sends us pictures of their bike packing kits or their bike or something like that. And we roast it. I tell you what we could do is we'll, we'll send, we'll, we'll do our bike, take photos of it and our setup and put it on there and yeah. then let them roast us. And then we'll turn around and do it, you know. Cool, guys. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Later. See you on the next one. Pedal up that hill. It'll be worth the thrill. If you got the power of will.